Well, today we're going to be looking in 1 Kings chapter 17. And so if you have your Bible, I'll encourage you to turn there. So 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 8. And of course, today is Mother's Day. Now, how many of y'all are going, are y'all doing anything? Are any of y'all going out to eat today for Mother's Day? Y'all taking your wife or mother out to eat today? Okay, two of us are. So fantastic. The rest of you, uh, you might want to remember that next year. So we thought we today we would kind of focus in a little bit on, on uh, what God, one of the great gifts that God has given us are mothers. And so that is something that is from God. God is the one who inv- he invented marriage, he invented life, invented children. And so what's the result of that is there are mothers. Now, I don't know how y'all are, but in our family, we revere our mother very much. We just revere her probably in a little bit different of a way than most people do. We, our family, uh, likes to, we just sort of like to pick at and, and, uh, play with and, uh, tease, uh, tease people that we love. Now that might be a little bit shocking to you, but I remember whenever I was a kid, I have a sister, she's a few years older than me, and my mom kind of went through this phase where she would, uh, she would dye her hair different colors uh, pretty often. And so dad said, he kind of, he said, I never knew what, what woman I was coming home to. He said, I'd come home one day, she'd be blonde, the next day she'd be red. And so sometimes though, her experiments with her hair kind of produced some weird results. And I remember one time she dyed her hair and her hair is, you no know, it's kind of brown or it used to be brown. I don't know what color it is anymore, but it used to be brown and uh, she, uh, it was jet black. Now, I mean, black's a pretty color, but when you're not used to seeing somebody with black hair, it's kind of odd. It's like sort of Dracula-ish. And uh, so she came into the house or we came into the house and we saw mom kind of, you know, trying to get back to her bedroom. And so my sister and I, we pounced on that. And so we start chasing her and we're like, hey, show us your hair. And so she's running away from us. She runs in, she hides in the closet and is holding the door. We're trying to bust in because we want to make fun of her. And so because we're loving children. And so we're saying, come out, we want to look at her hair. She starts crying. Mom's crying. Now, my mom cries. It it ain't because she's sad. She's ready to kill somebody. And so she's in there, she's crying. Y'all get out of here before I have to come out. And so we're like, please come out. So anyway, whenever I think of Mother's Day, I think there's so many great stories that I think of some memories that I have of of my mother. That's one of them. That's one of the joyful ones. And so we have, you know, sometimes we have memories of our moms that make us laugh. Sometimes we have memories of our mothers that make us cry. Um, I, I saw a story that was, you know, I thought was pretty funny. It was a mom. She had a couple of young children. And uh, she's putting her children to bed. And she said, now, y'all need to get some rest. So she went to her uh, went to her bathroom. She began to take a shower She's getting all cleaned up. When she got out of that shower, she put that cream on her face, and uh, she's uh, and she heard something in the bedroom. And the boys they were fighting with each other, and you know, of course, it just it just it lit her up just like that. And so she's got cream on her face, and she grabbed her towel and she wrapped. You know how y'all do that towel thing? I don't know how y'all do that, but it's like this big tower. And so she wraps her hair up in it, and she goes into her son's bedroom. And she tells her sons, "I told y'all to be quiet. You need to get some rest. I'm not going to say it again." So she turned around and she was walking out. One of the little boys looked at his brother and said, who is that? Now, that is just sometimes on Mother's Day, you know, we have some great thoughts about mom. And other times we don't even know who she is. But one thing we all know about our mothers is this. And I'd say this for most of us. Most of us know this about our mothers. We know that our mothers love us. That no matter what, 
that mom cares for me, that no matter what, that mom cares for my life and she is interested in who I am as a person. And I really believe that one of the greatest things that that moms, and for that matter, that dads can demonstrate to their children is that regardless of what's happening in life, is that you love your children. And so today in our passage of Scripture, we are going to see the story of a lady who no doubt loved her child. And, And she didn't just simply love her child, she was willing to give and to sacrifice for that child. And I believe that that is a god given trait that God gives to those who are parents. Now, now it is my hope that as we look in our scripture today, that, that for those of you who are, who are mothers, and for those of you who might be grandparents, you might be men who have children, whatever it might be, that you will look at this and say, there's some, some qualities that this lady we're going to look at in our text today that she has in her life that I would like to be a part of my life as well. Because I believe that these qualities are things that God gives and that he wants us to emulate to our children. And so we're going to look today in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number 8. So if you have your Bible, I'll I'll encourage you to turn there. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse number 8. It's a really interesting story to me. I think it's a great story. And a little bit of background information as you look there is that God had called this man who was a prophet. His name was Elijah. Now, have you all heard of Elijah before? Because there's Elijah the prophet. And God told Elijah to tell the king at this time, whose name was Ahab, he says the Israelite king, said, you need to tell Ahab that there is going to be a drought that is going to come on the nation of Israel. And the reason why is because Ahab had led the people astray. He'd led them away from God to worship other gods, in particular, a God that was known as Baal. And so God got tired of it. He got tired of disobedience, and God said, it is time for them to learn. And so he said, I'm going to punish them. There is going to be a price to pay for being disobedient to God. So Elijah, because he's a prophet, because he's going to be obedient to God, he goes to Ahab and says, Ahab, it's not going to rain. There's going to be a drought. You know how Ahab responds? I'm going to kill you, Elijah. Now talk about, you know, going after the messenger. He decides he's going to kill him. So Ahab runs away from the king in order to spare his life. And God told him to go to where this lady lived. It was a widow. He said, go to her house, and whenever you go there, I'm going to provide for you. And so as he goes there, what he discovers also, though, is that this widow was a mother And she had some incredible traits that I believe that we can look at and see as being great qualities of a godly mother. Great qualities, really, of just simply being a follower of God. So so what are some qualities that we can see in our text that demonstrate what it means to be a godly woman, a godly person? Well, let's look into our text. The first thing I see, the first quality I see this lady is I see, first of all, that she was a servant. Now, look with me in verse number 8. It says in the... Uh, whoops, I'm on the wrong chapter. So I'm about to move over here. There we go. Verse number 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. This is Elijah. Get up, go to Zarephath that belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. So Elijah got up and went to Zarephath, and when he arrived at the city gate, there was a widow woman gathering wood. And Elijah called to her and said, 
please bring me a little water in a cup and let me drink. So God told him where to go. He's running away from Ahab to hide because of the prophecy that he gave. And so he goes to this town called Zarephath. Now, I'm sure you're all familiar with that town. Uh, Zarephath, as you know, is on the coast. It's on the coast of Israel. It's actually the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. It was just north of Israel. And I'm telling you that because this was an area, a region that was known for worshiping the pagan god Baal. And so I think it's interesting that God sends Elijah into a pagan country in order to meet a godly woman, to, to meet a woman who was serving God. He said, and whenever you get there, this lady is going to take care of you. So whenever you look into your text, if you have your Bible, Elijah gets there, he sees the woman, and he calls out to her, and he asks her for something. What did he ask her for? Water. Say, hey, would you bring me, would you just bring me a little something to drink? Okay, now, now, now we've all done this before, right? You know, if you're, ladies, I'm sure that you have brought more drinks to your husband and your children than you even care to remember. So here we go. Here's Elijah, just the typical guy. Hey, while you're up, would you go get me something to drink? Now, now remember this. There is a drought going on. Okay, if there's a drought going on, what does that mean? It means there's not a whole lot of water. Not only that, later on you're going to see, he didn't say, just bring me some water. He said, well, bring me a little something to eat too, right? So give me something to eat. Now that doesn't seem like to me that big of a request. You know, water, you just get out of your tap. Bread, you know, it's pretty inexpensive, just a slice of bread, not that big of a deal. But when there's a drought going on, water table's low, it's hard to get water. When there's a drought going on, crops aren't, they're not growing real well. And so Elijah is asked, this is a big ask. This is a big deal that he's asking for this. And it's interesting to me, he's just pretty relaxed. I mean, it's not like he's struggling, you know, saying, I know this is really inconvenient for you. If you just look at the text, hey, you know why you're up? Would you grab me something to drink and maybe get me a little bit of something to eat? Now, and I look at that and I think, why didn't he ask somebody else? You know, this is a widow. It's a lady who doesn't have much. Uh, more than likely, I was thinking, this lady, she, the drought's been going on for a while. She could have been emaciated. And he's asking her for something to eat. Now, why would he do that? Here's why. Because God told him to. And God said, I'm going to send you to a place, and I'm going to send you to a lady, and when you get there, this lady is going to provide for you. This lady was a provider. She was a lady who was willing to serve him. You see, God wasn't going to send him to a place where there would be no service. And I think that is a quality of not just a godly mother, but of a godly person that we are a people who have a desire to serve because we know that when we serve, that it touches people's hearts. Is that right? You know, whenever you meet somebody who is a person of service, it makes an impression on you. And that's not just true in human relationships. That is true in the business world as well. I mean, whenever you go to a company and they have good customer service, I mean, don't you love that? If they have good customer service, you're thinking, I'm coming back to this place because they know how to serve people. They know how to take care of needs. That's who this lady is in our text. You know, I, I remember a number of years ago whenever uh, the car company Saturn started. Y'all, y'all remember that? Started, I think they were in Tennessee. Started out. The reason why they got so popular so quick, they had unbelievable customer service. 
About the same time that they started, there was another car company that had a, needed to have a recall on some of the parts on their car, and the car company, they denied anything was wrong. And then they started getting pressure until they finally they admitted that there was a problem, but they blamed it on somebody else. And then they finally said, well, we'll have a recall. And so people brought their cars in, but it took them three to four days to get their car back. It was just an absolute nightmare. Well, at the same time, Saturn needed to have a recall as well, but they did it totally different. What they did is they admitted the problem. They said, bring your car in. When people brought their cars in, they fed them. And then after they fed them, within three to four hours, their cars were fixed. It caused Saturn to absolutely, even though they had a problem with their car, their business took off because of great service. You know, the principle of service applies to every area of life. I look at the lady in our text. She was a mother who had a servant's heart. And whenever you serve, you make more of an impact on the life of people around you as opposed to if you didn't have a servant's heart. You know, so many of us speak so highly of our moms because of their servant's heart. And I believe that is a, that is a gift that God has given to people. I mean, Jesus said in John thirteen thirty five, by this all men will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. A godly mother has a servant's heart because she has a love for those whom she serves. Now, mothers, you know this. You know that there are times, though, whenever you are serving and the people you are serving aren't appreciative. Now, I know that that's probably not true with any of your children. But there are times whenever a mother will serve and the kids, they just simply are not, they don't think a whole lot about it. They're not as grateful as they should be. Now, why is that? Because, because it's, there's, I, I'm the same way, young and dumb. You think I, the world revolves around me. But it's really interesting that mothers, even whenever their children are not appreciative, they continue to serve. Now, why would they do that? Simple reason. Because of love. Because of love. It is, a, it is a picture to me of the kind of love that God has for his people. You know, we're told in Romans 5, 8 that God demonstrates his love towards us in this, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, if you serve, and when you serve, God said there are always blessings that will come. And we're going to see in this story that this lady, as she was a woman of service, she was rewarded. She was rewarded with her life and the life of her son. Now, mother, since it's Mother's Day, you might say, well, what is it that makes up a godly mother, the qualities that make up a godly mother? First of all, we look in our text. We see this lady, she's a servant. That's, that's a quality of a godly mother. But what, what else is a quality of a person who is godly? Well, I look at our lady in our text, and I see that another quality she had is she provides she was a lady who was a provider. And if you look in verses 11 and 12, you can see this. It says, as she went to get it, she, this is when she's getting up to go get the water for Elijah, he called to her and said, hey, and please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. And I like her response. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked. Only a handful of flour in the jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now I am gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. What do you all think about that? 
I mean, y'all, this is the seriousness of the situation that this family is in. It is desperate. It's like, you want something to eat? I've got just a little bit left. And what I'm planning on doing is I'm gonna, we're gonna eat it all, just get one big last, you know, one big last bang in with our meal, and we're gonna die. And Elijah has no qualms saying, well, before you feed yourself, just give me it first. Now, ladies, let me ask you a question. If, if that happened, how do you think you would respond? I, I know what I'd be saying. But how would you respond? I, I look into our text and I see, what did she have? She didn't have a whole lot. And yet, and yet what I do see in this scenario is she was a lady, even to the very end, what does she want to do? She wants to provide for her kid. She wants to take care of her child. And I really believe that is an, inst- an instinct, an intrinsic you know, value that that mothers have with their children. They will do whatever they can for as long as they can to take care of their children. Remember a number of years ago, just an example of this is in Indiana, it was in, or not Indiana, it was in northern Alabama. Um, it was 1994, and a lady had grabbed her daughter, and they were going to church. And as they got to church, a thunderstorm was brewing. Y'all might remember when this happened. And, uh, and then there's tornado warnings that came out, and they're in church, and the tornado slammed into the church. Just absolutely devastated the church just knocked it down they're searching through the rubble looking for survivors and they found that lady and the building had fall part of the building had fallen on her and killed her whenever they lifted her up they discovered her daughter was underneath her and when the building was falling she shielded her daughter and saved her life now her first instinct was to take care of her child she took care of her child for as long as she could. That is what the instinct of a mother is. And I believe God puts that within mothers. You know, mothers give up so much of themselves in order to give to their children what they want, but not just what they want, but what they need. Now, now what do children need? Well, they need, you know, the regular stuff. They need food. They need shelter. They need water. They need protection. And I look at this lady and I see that she wanted to provide all those things for her children. But there's other things that God has called for us to provide for our children as well. Not just those things. God, God calls for you to also love your child. And if you love your child, one of the things that you're going to do if you love your child is you're going to tell them about Jesus. You know, in John 10.10 10, it says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus said that the reason he came into our world was to give us a chance of knowing that we can have a life that is full, a life that has meaning. You know, there are so many young people today that whenever they look at life, they just sort of see it as, it's just sort of, we just live and then we die. There's no real meaning or purpose to it. And yet whenever we teach our children about the things of God, we are able to teach them that when God made you, he made you on purpose. And he made you with the plan in mind. And, and of course, the famous verse we, we quote often is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So, so what, is the, what is the quality of a godly person, a godly mother? Well, she's a servant. She provides. And then here's the last thing I see. She's also going to be a woman of faith. 
A godly mother is a person who is a mother of faith, a woman of faith. Look in verse number 13. You know, he's asked for bread, he's asked for water, and then he gives her some encouragement here. Then Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. Only make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterwards, you may make some for yourself and for your son, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty, and the old jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. She and he and her household ate for many days. The flour jar did not become empty. The old jug jug did not run dry. According to the word of the Lord, he had spoken through Elijah. Now this is a really good sales job. Elijah comes to the lady. She doesn't have anything. And he says, listen, I need something to drink. I want something to eat. He said, and she's like, okay, I'm a little bit nervous about this. So listen, if you feed me, then what's going to happen is God is going to miraculously provide enough food for you all throughout the drought. Now try, again, try to put yourself in her shoes. Would you have believed Elijah and what he said? Now I can see what some of us say. We'd say, okay, so Elijah, you're telling me that if I give you something to eat, then miraculously... My pantry's going to be full. Who's going to, is Houdini pulling that one off? Uh, you, you tell me that, that if I am going to eat, then I have to give you food first of all. You know, Elijah said, you can get something to eat, but first you feed me. What's up with that? How about, how about if I feed myself first and then I'll feed you later? That sounds like a better deal to me. But here's what God's teaching. And I really believe this. I believe God is teaching, listen, If you are going to experience the blessings and the power of God, there must be faith on your part and my part to put God first. We never, we are never to give God leftovers. See, God says you have to trust me. And when you demonstrate faith in me, then I will bless. I think it's interesting. You know, your faith is always going to be affirmed after you step out in faith, first of all. When you step out in faith, it is then that God will affirm your faith. You can't say, God, affirm me first, and then I'll have faith. That's not faith. Faith is whenever you step out when you're not sure what's going to happen, but you just believe God's called you to do it. Well, I, I, I look at what this lady did. What did she do? Did she look for a way around the problem, trying to figure out, how can I sneak myself a little bit of a bite before I give it to Elijah? It's not what she did. If you look in verse number 15, it says, and she did as Elijah told her. Why? The woman of faith. Said, God, I don't know what else to do, but I'm going to believe you. And what happened? She was rewarded. She received food miraculously until the drought ended. You know, Hebrews 11.6 tells us, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. God always rewards those who seek him and place their faith and trust in him. Mothers, you can, you can be good people. You can be people who love your children. You can be people who provide for your children, but the greatest influence that you will have is whenever you demonstrate before your children that you are a person of faith, that you trust God. You know, one of the greatest influencers in the life of a child, no doubt, is the mom. 
They're going to emulate you. They're going to emulate you, dads. So, so what kind of an example are you giving to your children? It can be, it can be good examples or it can be bad. Yeah, there's an old story that, that's really interesting about the influence of a mom. There's a guy who's watching his wife cook a roast one Sunday, and when she was making the roast, y'all might have heard the story before, but she cut the roast in two and put it in two different pans, and then she'd cook them separately. He's like, what is up with that? And he asked his wife, so why do you do that? Why don't you just put a roast in one pan and stick it in there and say you use two? He said, well, that's the way my mom taught me how to do it. So he, he decided he's going to be a reporter, you know, get to the bottom of this. So he called his mother-in-law and said, why do you do that? Why do you cut the roast in two, put it in two different pans, and cook it separately? So that's what my mom taught me. And so he called his wife's grandmother. He said, he said the same story, you know, why do you cut it in two? And, and she had a really simple answer. She said, because my oven's not big enough to hold one pan. Now, you're going to influence your children one way or another, for good or for bad. Now, the question is, what kind of an influence are you leaving for your children? You're a large influence in the life of your children. And your children can see you being a servant. They can see you being a provider. But let me ask you this. Do your children see you being a person of faith? A person who trusts God, who serves God? Because I guarantee you, if, if you're not doing that, the world's not going to do it. The, the, the world is not going to be the model for your child for godly living. The daycare that you send your children to, and they could be great people there, but they're not going to be the model for godly living. The model for godly living that your children are going to pay attention to, mothers, is going to be you, dads, it's going to be you too. So the question is, how do I do that? Be a servant, be a provider, be a person of faith. Now, what, now what kind of parent are you? You know, what is it that you are doing? You know, I think some of us, what we are doing is we say, hey, I'm a good provider. I provide provide for my children before they go to bed. I tuck them into bed every night. Those are great things. But let me, let me challenge you to do something a little bit more. Let, let me challenge you to be praying for your children every day. To be praying that God would touch their hearts, that God would change their lives. Tell your children that you love them, that you care for them. Let them see you seeking God. Let them see you reading scripture. You might read the Bible. Maybe you've never done it in front of your children before. But let them see that so that they know what you value in your life. Bring them into the church so that they can be exposed to the good news of Jesus. He is our hope. He is our redeemer. And our kids, more than ever, need to learn that today. And they are going to learn it from you. Heavenly Father, I am grateful for your word and Jesus I am grateful for so so many of us and I know it's not all but so many of us who had the privilege and the blessing of growing up in a home where we had a mom who loved Jesus God I pray that you will bless the ladies today in our church I pray God that they will be witnesses for you but father I also pray that they'll be laying groundwork for the children that are here so that they too can be people who are going to represent you and lay a foundation for the future for their children. Jesus, thank you for this picture of a godly woman that we have in our scripture. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.